0: You're listening to Black Humboldt's new podcast, Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. What up, this Queen D rocking this body from East Coast to Humboldt. Woo! Hey, this is DeLar, healing souls on the streets.
1: K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey,
2: it's your girl Mo, mom artist extraordinaire. baby, baby.
0: Black art has always existed. It just hasn't been looked for in the right places. Romare Bearden. This week, we're featuring Levia and how she exists in Humboldt County.
2: What's up, y'all? Today we got Levia Love with us. The owner and operator of Bling Brow Bar, a community grower, a mom, a positive energy sprinkler, an overall warm, joyous soul, and the newest member to the Black Humboldt Hub. What's up, Livia?
0: Hey, Livia, look.
1: Livia, it was good.
2: What up? (laughs) So, Livia, we love this. We love you. And I'm happy to highlight you tonight. Um, Do you want to just tell us about your art, your artistry, um, just in general about you?
3: Yeah, um, well, let's see. Uh, My name's Livia and I've lived in Humboldt for about 33 years now, and uh, up until about a week ago, I didn't feel like I was an artist, Uh, but I was in a speaking engagement recently, and uh, it got brought to my attention that my artistry is uh, building, building, you know, hope inside of others, building positivity inside of others, and I'm really excited about that because um, I, I can use my platform, my business, everything to help build the light inside of others.
0: Can you tell us about what your life was like creatively as a child, like before you came in a, became an adult, like how did art enter your world as a child?
3: So I had art. I was lucky because I, as a young human, um, it feels weird to say that this is one of the ways that I'm lucky, but I was a low, like a um, low income street kid, kind of. And so uh, I had the opportunity to do art programs for free in the community, uh, whereas other kids did not. And so that had me immersed in programs like Ink People. Um, I have painted murals with Dwayne Flatmo. And, um, I, you know, when I was having struggles and would be like, you know, sitting at Denny's late at night and, uh, you know, writing poetry or things like that, uh, I had adults around who were checking in on me, um, like Mary Court of Talisman Beads. She would let me sit in her shop and bead. And that was a really safe space for me. And people like Janet Booklegger, you know, who would just be introducing cool, like either poetry or, um, art things to me. I just ended up really lucky to have all these adults in my life who were willing to um, show me art in a place where we didn't really have very much art. And I remember being in a program with ink people as a young lady who was not able to vote yet. And I had a, we did a, we did a mask series, a clay mask series. And I remember I was so mad that people were not voting and that I was too young to vote and that the adults around me were just acting like they were not going to vote. And, um, I ended up doing a sunken face steel plate bolted on the mouth with the vote on top of it, a uh, mask. And I remember when I presented it, I was just explaining like, I'm so upset that people around me are not using their voice to vote when this is something that's, you know, our rights to our right to do. And you know, now I'm 35 and I'm feeling the same way. Like it's time to bust out this mask and show it off because again, I'm in the same space where I'm like, Hey, we have this opportunity to use our voice. Like, could you please use it one time? That would be great. Um, So I had access to a lot of really cool things. And, you know, again, I go back to like the adults in this community who held me down and made sure that I was okay. And I knew as a young human that, I wanted to be one of these grownups one day and that's kind of like where I'm at now is I'm a, I'm a community teammate and I'm here f- to build and grow and make safe spaces for the community and do cool stuff like art.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Jen. She was the first person who gave Black Humboldt safe space through the booklegger.
3: Yeah, that mixer. That we, so the first mixer I attended was actually... What kickstarted my want to be inside of Black Humble in some way, shape, or form? Um, I went to that mixer, not really knowing what was going, what it was going to be about or anything like that. And I knew Jen. And so it felt like it was already a safe space to go to. And, um, my, I went and I got home that evening and I remember holding myself on my bed, holding my head in my hands and crying because for me living in Humboldt for as long as I had, I had not had a safe space like that before. And it was just, it was like a release and an epiphany at the same time. And I knew at that moment that I needed to be involved with Black Humboldt in some way, shape or form. And I didn't know what that was gonna look like either, but I just knew I needed to show up for it. And now I'm part of the hub.
0: I think Jen probably is knows how to create safe spaces because when I lived across the street from her while I was attending Del Arte, you know, when I needed to get away from Del Arte or anybody associated with Del Arte or just Blue Lake in general, I don't even remember how we met, but I ended up somehow in her house with her family having dinner and I felt safe there. I felt, um, I felt like I could... Um, escape what I was going through in, in Blue Lake. And, um, I think any white person listening to this episode who wants to know what creating safe spaces for black and brown people look like, they probably should have hit up the booklegger and asked for Jen.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say
2: she navigated the safe space so well too. Like she kept being like, should I exclude myself? Should I exclude myself? Like I trust you guys in my space and I want it to like satisfy your needs and it was like, we were all like, no, Jen, like you're considered safe. It's cool. We're all like enjoying it. Like,
0: I was like, Jen, if you don't get
3: in this picture. <laughs> I remember that I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I re- that picture brings me such joy because I remember that moment of like hu- all of us hugging and like this vibration in that room. And Jen's just right there in it with us. And it was just so good.
1: Yeah, it was good. So I want to go
3: back.
2: Can I bring the
1: mix of was- things back though? Sorry. Can we what? Can we can we bring the mixer games back though? Because I don't think we've been pl- we weren't playing like icebreaker games. Yeah, that was that was the that was fun part about that. Mixer that
2: was fun. Games. Yeah, <laughs> but I forgot about that, Kevin. You got a keen
0: memory. Most I remember times. that because
2: I was like, "What are fun appropriate games for adults? Because <laughs> it's either <laughs> inappropriate or it's not fun." <laughs>
3: That was good. No, we had a we had a good time. That was a cool way to meet everybody. Yeah, that was a good mixer. We've had I can count at least
2: 10 where I was like, "Yo, that was a good mixer." Like new people, everyone's like engaged. Not to say that that's not always great, but it's like so fun when you like actually get to meet like 5 new mm-hmm. people. Did I
0: hear you did I hear you mention anything about your business taking shift?
3: Yeah, I'm in the middle of a pretty large pivot right now. So I decided to take my brow bar completely virtual. So essentially what that means is that I won't, uh, or what that means is that I will be putting uh, tutorials online for purchase. So there will be um, multiple ways that you can learn how to groom yourself at home or how to deal with different types of skin conditions. Uh, digitally. And so that'll be happening in the near future. Uh, I also um, am going to continue working on my virtual appointments so that I do those through Zoom. So I do skincare consultations, uh, eczema consultations, and coaching consultations all through my Zoom platform. And those are, I believe, already on my website right now, um, which is leanbrowbar.com. That's blingbrowbar.com. And you can go on there and you can look do, through the book me site. You can go on and look at all the menu items that I have, but essentially I just wanted to do the pivot. I mean, the the world is switching over to mostly digital. And so I'm just falling in line with everything else that's happening. I want to stay safe. You know, I'm a person with a compromised immune system and I don't want to get sick and I want to be able to see everybody on the other side of COVID. So this was a good way for me to do that. And then as we, you know, ease out of COVID, uh, I will go back into the shop more of as a luxury item. And I know that's kind of weird to say, but I know that the time that I've put in investing in myself, my education, what I do, what I bring to the table for my clients makes it to where if you want to see me in real life, then, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to make sure that it's, it's doable and feasible for both of us,
0: Wow, speaking of um, taking care of the community, um, I know you as an artist take care of people in your art uh, in a special way, and you know i I attribute your art as something that's intangible because you're a seer. I consider you a seer, and you 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 speak to people through your art with your eyes and your ears um what what are your thoughts about that yeah absolutely
3: my art to me is more i i look at what's going on on the inside of folks so like i oft, i often talk about how i do holistic healing through my chair some people have called my chair church <laughs> um uh some lots of people call my my job a safe space because they can come there and they can do energy exchanges with me. Um, So pretty much I I see what's going on inside of my clients and we talk about those things. We talk about healing. We talk about wellness, self-care, everything that I feel like people talk about self-care and wellness all the time. Nobody teaches you how to do self-care in the way that works for you. It's all very cookie cutter. Like If you go take a bath, you're going to feel less depressed. That doesn't work for everyone. And so for me, it's looking at my clients and seeing what they need based on their lifestyle, based on their preferences, based on their confidence, based on where they're at in their healing process. And that's where my art comes in because I can take that information and I can help plant seeds in them that help them grow to be, you know, be well.
2: Yeah, I would absolutely say that's a huge part of you as a person like if when i think about you and even when i first met you like i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm just now meeting this person because you have just that like caring warmness about you and you yeah like you provide so much healing space all the time that i'm like
3: like that is a superpower especially in the black community thank you Thank you. It's not easy. And I will say that it took me a long time to get myself healed enough to be here doing this. And even in the midst of COVID, I did another healing circle and really got myself to a place where I am able to look at myself and really be able to accept the blessings that are, you know, that have come across the table to me. And it's it's such a trip because I see a lot of holistic healers who are unhealed. And I think that comes from the fact that Oftentimes we give out really good information. We can do a lot of really good healing. But when it comes to ourselves, it's hard to implement those same things. And I am not scared to say I did something wrong or be accountable or or I'm hurting or maybe it's time for me to sit down and not, you know, go ham on tinder and snatching bodies anymore (laughs) maybe i should just sit back and calm down and talk to the universe for a little while and see how that looks so it's it's more or less that and and being willing to be open to the same things i want to give my my clients my friends my family my community members it's just you know i i really believe in um you get what you give and i really do feel like i'm out here projecting love so much so that I changed my last name to love.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. when um when we first met too i can I could see like a lot of the power in what you were doing maybe maybe you didn't even realize it at that point either. but um it's like you have like that hippie side, but it actually makes sense. And that's been, like, that's probably, like, a huge turnoff to, like, the Black the black community is, like, yeah, like, like you said, there's people out there trying to heal, but they're surrounded and drenched in negativity to, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people I see are, like, more toxic positivity than actual real genuine positivity. So it's, like, um, like, just from our conversations, like you've helped me open my eyes to things that like, I was just like, Oh, that's, you know, that's a, that's voodoo mumbo jumbo or whatever it is, or that's just weird or something like that. And it's like, you know, uh, a lot of that's like, I've had to check myself where it's like, why am I saying that's weird? Oh, it's because the other places that I've seen it aren't consistent, you know? Right. There aren't, they aren't as, aren't as open or as honest or, or as responsible. Responsible is a big one.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. No, that makes me feel great to hear because at the end of the day, it's like you healers out here. And I, I'm going to say that I'm going to cast this out because a lot of what the, what the people, all of us are doing is healing work. And what happens is healers need healing too. And so you got to be responsible, like you said, and, and you got to take care of yourself. I do a lot of taking care of myself; like that's a really big, important part of my
1: part part of my world. Let's talk about some of your recent projects in Humboldt County. What do you what's in, what's in store? You talked you talked about some of your services changing. Uh, is there anything else you got for us for the people?
3: yeah i'm excited to announce that i am going to be one of the new segments on cannabis news so i'm going to be doing a show called black cannabis subtext in particular i'll be focusing on beauty and wellness but there may be other topics that come across the table as we get bigger and bolder and i'm just really excited to be working with local creatives to help amplify the Black voice in the cannabis industry because I personally have been on my own journey of trying to find where Blackness and cannabis meet because of my own journey. I have fibromyalgia and I was looking for ways to treat my fibromyalgia and happened to become part of Humble Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. And while there, I started talking with a couple of the farmers, the that were um, doing a little bit of dabbling inside of the beauty industry. And I realized that at the time I was doing pedicuring and I wanted to offer a cannabis pedicure. And I was talking with them about like, what would that look like? And everyone did, was just like, no, that's not a, you know, that's not a thing. No one's going to do that. And then next thing you know, we have cannabis spas. And so I was like, right on that edge right there. And so I was like, oh man. So for about I think it's been four years now. I've been wanting to do some work in this lane and I'm really excited because now I have the opportunity to not only be working with someone who has been working on this exact topic or working in cannabis and blackness for a long time, but someone who has the platform to help me get that voice amplified. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, yeah, that'll be coming really soon. I think we are, I want to say within the next couple months, we'll be launching that.
0: That, that sounds like a little bit of um, activism in there. So I'm going to segue and ask you, how does activism inform your art or how does your art inform your activism?
3: That's a tricky, it's still really tricky for me to like find the place in that, but I believe that my art or what I bring to the table as far as artistry is a willingness to be the loud voice in the background. Um I don't mind talking about things even the uncomfortable things and I don't mind being the person that is seen as that uncomfortable thing so like right now I'm uh I host a black polyamory group here in Humboldt um on zoom and uh I also am part of a larger black polyamory group that's nationwide and I actually run their STI STD stigma breaking group, uh, through them. And it's really neat to be doing that because I feel like that's, that's where like I can be making changes or, or helping people like look past stigmas that are out here specifically on black people. Um, So it's kind of a neat place to be in. I think that it all comes back down to like my my voice. I'm willing to use my voice to speak and help others. I also feel like another place that my activism sits at that I don't really talk about too much. And I just got brought up this week was I like opening doors. And so being the business liaison for Black Humble has really given me the opportunity to open lots of doors for people that maybe wouldn't have been available. And I know that my ties to people is is a great way for me to do that. And so I just use that as much as I can. I use it up until the well's dry. Oh, you need to know someone? I know someone. Hold on, let me get you connected to them. Oh, you know, whatever it may be. So that's kind of another way that I use my voice for activism.
0: Woo! That sounds... Woo! I'm on fire listening to you right now. Fire!
1: Yeah, for folks that don't know Livia, Livia will be in the room with green hair, some little chopped off doll hands, earrings, (laughs) red heart sunglasses and like when we go places it's funny cuz like i'm like always like trying to be like low key i'm already conspicuous as hell so i'm just like trying to like be low key and then it's like nope here comes livia with the bright orange jacket <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's right nice. Your individuality is an art form within itself <laughs> and a and of a, a great uh display of self love
3: yeah, I mean, the one thing I can do is be unapologetically me. Like, there is no other Livia out in the world, period. Like, I, yeah, period.
1: <laughs> I, give, I give you a hard time, but that's only out of admiration because I'm too scared to do it but myself because, uh, you know, black, black male stuff. I haven't gotten to the point where I don't 100%. I don't hundred percent care about my parents. Um, working for
2: I'm like, you need to book a session with Livia love.
3: Oh, I, Kevin and I, we chop it up. And so I mean, Heard he, the things I've learned from being around him, I owe him. I owe him. <laughs> That's beautiful.
0: Wait, yeah. wait, wait. I just want to address the fact that Livia said, I owe, you know, um, You know, I just want to take a page from Dr. Bettina Love's uh, webinar that she gave to HSU the other day. You know, there's like that whole idea of like white people spending their white privilege. But I don't think that we as a black community need to feel like we owe each other. I think I think we our idea of shared community has has always been a thing of like, We just take care of each other, not that we owe each other. It is, Mm. it is, I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. Like we should, we, I, I believe, and, you know, feel free to differ, but I believe that we shouldn't have to feel like we owe one another. We take care of one another.
3: You know, I, I'm glad you said it that way because absolutely. I feel like, I, I feel like you're, you're correct in that wording and I definitely feel like the the things that I have learned from my 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 circle. I definitely feel like we all bring things to the table and we all take what we need and then replenish the table. And so I definitely I definitely vibrate with that. That's that's good stuff.
1: I, I agree. I ain't had I, I I haven't had to carry you.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I exactly
1: like, so, our yeah, friendship no, has been neutral. our friendship
3: has been really like one of the one one of the ones that I can say that I would I wouldn't even like my experience of humble times would not even be what it is if I didn't have my friendship with Kevin. And I am so happy to have and still continue to be friends with Kevin by you know and, and all of you. Like I just I'm over here getting all like weepy eyed. I'm in my emotions these days y'all. It's a beautiful thing uh
0: very beautiful <laughs>
3: um the the relationships and friendships that I've built here in Humble you know over time they've been all kinds of things but the relationships that I've built with the black community since being inside of black humble is a new layer to not only my growth in the community but like the ability to see things differently and like even in this moment I'm sitting here like I'm so blessed to be part of this, to me, everybody, to be doing what I'm doing in the community. And like, I just had a wash over me that was like, I am rich. And I've been saying this now for about a month. Like I feel rich and I know that's a weird thing to say, but I do. And I, I'm, that's real for me. <clears throat> and now I'm going to stop crying and put my glasses back on and we're getting back to the center. You can cry all you want. I like that you bring that up, though. <laughs> just uh, Even back to the
2: table, because it's like, you know, the, those are the relationships that keep this structure going, right? Like, Black Humble exists so that we can nurture each other, so that we can connect. Like, half the time we're we're supposed to be meeting to figure something out, but it's really, like, just therapeutic family time. Yeah. The hub. Like, it's become so much more than a group of strangers, like, volunteering their time um and we've really like created this like entity of taking care of each other
3: Ah, oh, it's a beautiful thing a beautiful, i'm still all teary it's a beautiful thing if I, I knew a
2: gospel it. song i would sing it right now <laughs> but i know not one <laughs> neither do except i except for shackles uh, or stomp
0: man, i'm feeling i'm feeling real um out it right now because i should know some gospel songs to cue Ooh. here
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like all I know is the one that's like
3: make me wanna shout. <laughs> or stomp I don't even know what
2: yes,
3: they say. Stop! in oh the my sky. God. Hey. High. Okay. Whatever they say.
1: You're talking about the Kirk Franklin joint.
3: Kirk <laughs> 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 oh, Franklin, you with me?
0: <laughs> make me wanna. With the
1: church oh. ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Kevin is singing a gospel song. Oh my gosh. Hey, that's I only know. know that
2: because of like mainstream media. Like that hey, shit was on
0: BET. Yo, that's when, when you back. got the when you got the breakfast the Breakfast Club, Charlamagne and the God and them playing Stomp or playing any gospel song, it's hitting in the club at eleven p.m. <laughs> like <laughs> when you play, I smile at the that... first hour of happy hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean that song hits
2: yeah it will hit it really does if you play that at the beginning of a dj set and then again at the end people will respond the same way both times (laughs) it's
1: like a soul train line or something
2: yeah i mean the last time you play it's going to be the best if people have been drinking let's be real but
0: yo there'll be a whole there'll be a whole like um like you know like homecoming style swag surf moment happening in a club to kirk franklin yes
3: <laughs> can i be there fuck this
2: i know is. i'm
0: like i'm here for the kirk franklin <laughs> set what
3: are we doing All right. <laughs>
1: let me let me clarify my bible stance though okay i've probably have read the bible more times than people that go to church every sunday mm-hmm and i and i have my thoughts about it i also have a mother that loves gospel music and luther vandros especially oh. luther vandros
0: luther yeah, vandros is right. luther Vandross is go- gospel okay i was like, like that, make- that. <laughs> and he has
2: something he does something to black women so
1: i had, okay. to, listen. I had to listen to that stuff on road trips to and from Florida, from LA. So, My Lord. yeah. The, yeah well, the trauma. The trauma is still. It, Kevin's it's been still here.
3: stomping. Man.
1: <laughs> man, man, I had man, I had a lady catch the Holy Ghost behind me one time when I fell asleep in church, and she just started hitting me in the back of the head, My like Lord. hitting, <laughs> like punching, like eyes, like He's eyes a- hitting. Closed. Like, I'm, like, nine, like, ready to ready to take this old lady out, man. Like, I just woke up. But
3: wait. I feel like you can't fight the Holy Ghost, bro. That would be a fight you wouldn't win.
1: I know, but Ew, when I, but ju- I just woke up, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know if it was my mama, my sister, or... <laughs> I'm just picturing
0: picturing little Kev. I'm picturing night. a tiny human with Kevin's head. <laughs> man.
1: Literally. Had, so,
0: Wait. But he and brought I up had, Luther. Luther, I'm like, suits. I'm like tight suits.
1: Yeah, I had the tight suits on too. Like the zoot suits. Oh, like yeah. the little boy suits, right? Yeah. 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 Not bad.
2: Oh
3: man. Suits. I'm man. not gonna lie
1: though. I love little black boys in their little suits. Kevin. Kevin. You will not find one in my closet today.
3: No, bro. This is our segue. Tell the story. Which story? Little Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so me and Lydia love to make a show when we go out and we're gonna try to embarrass each other, but neither of us gets embarrassed, so it never works. But one time we were, we were shopping for some swimming trunks for Marcus. Yeah. And she goes up and says, she goes up to a lady in Walmart. A, a black, black
3: woman, too. mind you. A black woman, because this and matters. She say,
1: she said, "I need to find some shorts for my little man," and I'm standing there right next to Levy. <laughs> the man we could have picked her job with a forklift. She was looking at us like we we're crazy. She's like, "Levy's like, oh no, I meant my son." Like the way that she looked at so us, she her was her so man.
3: polite. But now I'm her flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> flabbergasted because like no the, I was just like, "Oh, for my little man," and the girl was like. Oh, okay. My eyes would have got so wide. I just would have <laughs> been like, "Oh, <laughs> you
1: don't say." No, y'all, y'all would not have been able to keep it. Sh- I know y'all, y'all would have bust, y'all would have busted up. All professionalism would have been gone. Yo, I think if it, in
0: that moment, I don't think I would have made
3: eye contact anymore. I mean, <laughs> exactly, I'd be like, "Oh, customers always right." <laughs> she was she's so sweet y'all she was so sweet she's been so sweet that every single time i ever engage with her at the store but that day she was like oh oh like just trying real hard trying real hard to get over she was just
1: like she was just like tmi do you like all of this in the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) book? Like That's because
2: realistically, I she handles wild things. Like, what do you mean? Karen be up there saying wild shit. That's true. That
1: is true. <laughs> I mean, she in a humble county, in a humble county Walmart. Ooh. Yeah. Might as well be Florida.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo. I'm like, why is Walmart so she- getting. <laughs> but hold up. not a fan of walmart but i did have to make a few runs i did have to make a few runs to walmart in the past three years i've been here but why does walmart hit differently here than it does in the city (laughs) how so
3: what do you mean by that because there's a lot of ways i can interpret that walmart's wild
1: like the smell when you walk in yeah that's one thing that is different
3: This Walmart is crusty, y'all. Like, that
2: Walmart I, to Walmart line, that MoneyGram line, be wild. Yeah, Just people wild in that line.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, customer, customer service line is always a mess.
3: I experienced some, uh, uh, some weird racial stuff in Walmart there, actually. I had to protect some humans from out of town. I, I, was, I found myself uh, doing what I do kind of feeling the vibration that was happening between this cashier and these young ladies who were in town uh, doing an audit like inside the mall somewhere else so I I was helping these uh, I was walking in and I noticed that these two young ladies are like kind of like checking out this cashier who's like real close to them and I put my body in between them and was like hey are you okay and the girl was like no this cashier is messing with me and I was like oh like what happened she's like no they seriously like will not leave us alone. And I see them come over And the girl threw I guess she had thrown the like scanner and self-checkout at the young lady. And like, it was this whole thing. And we were waiting, they were waiting on a manager to come. So I stayed. Cause I was nervous. Like these are some young ladies from out of town, black girls with this cashier who is obviously hot, heated waiting on a manager to come. And so I stay and was like, let me, I'm from here. Let me just stand with you. Cause I shop this store all the time. And the manager comes over and the manager has attitude. And I was like, who, wait, where's the big manager? Like, pause. Can I speak to an adult manager, please? One time. And so they get, end up getting the biggest manager that they have in the store at the time. And I'm like, I, I tell them straight up, like, I don't know what happened between these two, but I know that as soon as this man came over, this the whole situation got hotter. Y'all need to figure this out. And so they end up letting the girls go. And like, I would end up walking away, but I just, I never in my life have had to put my body between people in a way that I really felt like I had to do that. And that happened at this local Walmart. So sometimes stuff gets wild.
1: Like young women.
3: (laughs) Yeah, young ladies. Like I was like, this is, you're, you're, no, no.
0: Wow. So since we're talking about racial issues, I just just want to wrap up the podcast with one question. Um, What has it been like for you as a Black artist here? Do you feel like you've been commissioned enough? I know you've been getting more um, work outside of your normal work to do some, like, Artful education stuff, but do you feel like you're getting commissioned enough, could be used more? Or you could speak to artists in general in Humboldt County. Do you feel like you've encountered difficult spaces or anything that you like to help strengthen our community here or make our community aware about as far as paying Black and brown artists, as far mm. as commissioning them? And as far as making sure their space is offered and available to us or to yourself? Yeah, yeah. And safe. Goodness, that's, that's like, and safe, yeah, like,
3: I mean, yeah, definitely, I think one of the biggest things is, I'll speak to the points of the community, and then I'll speak to the points of myself, I think for the community, I think one of the biggest things is that we need to have more visual representation of Black artistry in the community, and I think that is the responsibility of the people who have the spaces, most of these art, art spaces in Humble are owned and operated by white community members. And I think that if we can get white community members to donate those spaces, knowing that we don't have the budgets that everybody else have, has, or even just working with artists to showcase things, you know, just if you have something and it's sitting, my biggest beef is old town Eureka, it, we're in the middle of COVID. We got tons of spaces right now that aren't doing anything let an artist hop in a window one time. Like if you have an artist in the community who has an exhibit's worth of things happening, um, throw them in a window that nobody is renting right now. It does you no difference. You're not losing money because you're already losing money. So for me, it's always one of those things of like, come on, if you have it, share it. Um, And then as far as representation, like for the artist, artists get your work out there, however that may be. I want to see more artists work everywhere. And I personally, I buy pieces of art from local artists. My walls are covered in art from local artists and I pay them to do, to get their art. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. And as far as safe spaces, like, if you don't know if you have a safe space in art or in any space in the community, because this is a shout out to businesses who think that they are safe spaces for black and brown bodies please hit up Equity Arcata and get a diversity training one time because that right there is what is going to keep me and other community community members like me coming back to your business. If I get wind that you are not, that like tr- you're training your employees to be chill when I come into the store or you've got someone following me around your store the whole time or if you're an artist person and I'm trying to work with you and you're not doing it in a safe way, I'm not going to work with you again. So there's that. So yeah, artists get your art out there. And people who have spaces help the artists. Okay, so as far as being comm- myself being commissioned enough as an artist, I think one of the biggest issues for myself was I, I work in service. And so for me, if I wasn't providing a hands-on service, I didn't feel like I was bringing value to the table. I think one of the things that this time of being away from the service industry has taught me is that I am valuable. And I am going to charge what I think I am worth and I am going to add tax. And there, you know, and if you get me in a human situation where, you know, you're taking some of my time, I'm charging a luxury tax. Like my time and my education and my big, beautiful brain and big, beautiful heart are worth something. And I should be paid for that. I actually just booked my very first paid speaking engagement for next week. And I am super excited because this isn't a class because I, you know, I get paid for classes and things like that, but this is a speaking engagement. I'm going to just talk about how life is for me and I'm getting paid to to do that. So I'm super excited about that. And, you know, I just, I feel like I'm available to the community in all ways, shapes and forms. And I always will be available to the community in every way from all the way from volunteer free of charge up to, you know, getting, getting paid dollars to be there. And I want to always be attainable in that way because I, I will never want to hold on to the education or the artistry or the love that I have to give and make it to where it's completely unattainable. So I will always be doing my community outreach and things like that. And those things will always be attainable book book right where can we find you at you can find me at blingbrowbar.com you can find me at uh blingbrowbar at gmail or yeah at gmail.com i'm on ig and facebook under blingbrowbar uh like i said i'm starting black cannabis subtext uh it's going to be a segment on cannabis news i'm all around people know how to find me if you see me in the streets i wear heart eyes. Glasses because you know her eyes small fries. If you see eyes. me in the streets, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you see <laughs> me in the streets, throw me a peace sign and say, Hey girl, hey, right? <laughs> you know me, right?
1: Well, it was great having you on, and I thank you. Look forward to all the amazing things that we're doing, uh, me and you, and as well as part of the Black Humble hub team what what
0: yay yay thank you so much for being here Livia I really love listening to you and I always love hugging you (laughs) I was gonna say the same thing that's funny and I'm so
2: looking forward to just spending more time around you and your vibe it's good for the soul
3: I'm excited to be here so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for having me in the hub. And I'm just ready to serve my community in whatever way that looks like.
2: Thanks, y'all, for listening to The Black Aesthetic. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in every Wednesday. Follow us on all socials at Black Humboldt. And check out our website at www.blackhumboldt.com. If you want to send some love and feedback, email us at blackhumbled at gmail.com. And make sure to use the hashtag Black Humble Aesthetic, B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C on social media. Until next time, continue to walk in your black excellence.